0: Wex
1: work,
2: twerking, and tint and wex work, twerking, and tint and wex and twerking, and tint and wex work, twerking, and tint wex wex uh, which is the fact that I, well, I guess I should let people onto the podcast version. All right. Well, uh, I'm going to start by bringing on a a friend of the show. You know her from a few episodes ago um, and probably from many episodes before that. Her name is Lynn Nelson. Hi. Welcome to the podcast for Halloween.
3: Thank you. I'm really, really excited.
2: What are you dressed up as? I don't understand what that is.
3: Obviously, Jordan, I'm dressed as Kermit the Frog. Why? Because he's awesome.
2: You didn't paint your face green.
3: Look, I didn't have time.
2: Well, it's an audio podcast.
3: Yeah, so I don't even know why we had to discuss it. What are you?
2: I'm not wearing a costume, obviously.
3: Well, that wasn't nice of you.
2: I'm dressed as myself because I'm protesting Halloween. I, no, I'm protesting Halloween. I'm not going to celebrate it. Why? I am protesting all public holidays until the government raises taxes cuz taxes are too low so that's it protest i will not participate raise taxes
3: that sounds like a highly effective strategy
2: i it is going to be look i think a lot of people agree with me i think a lot of people out there know that they are not paying enough taxes and they want taxes to be higher we're going to make a difference
3: i don't actually think that's the case why not? Because I think most people don't want to pay money to anybody.
2: That's foolish. That's the reason money is here. Well, look, this is something that we're going to be talking about soon. Um, but I just wanted to tell you that's why I'm not wearing anything for Halloween.
3: Okay, okay. Well, I mean, I guess we can talk about taxes later. I think we're in agreement generally. But my point is, I don't think anyone cares if you participate in public holidays.
2: Well, they're going to care because they'll find out that I'm not doing it.
3: And they'll go, Oh God, we really need him to participate in public holidays. Right. Let's raise taxes. Right. Okay.
2: Don't you, I mean, look, people will, anybody who knows me will care, won't they? You care?
3: I am not that much. I, I care that you're not participating in Halloween because it's like our holiday.
2: It, it's, it's a holiday that is, they don't even give us the day off though. It's not even that a good, that good of a holiday.
3: No, but you and I and your lovely wife celebrate it together every year.
2: Frequently. Sometimes. Point is, no, it's not important. Because, look...
3: Celebrating with me is not important. It's important,
2: but some things are more important, like taxes.
3: I got dressed up for you today, Jordan.
2: Do you know how many people are upset about taxes right now in this country? How many? A lot. Okay. They're, they have rallies. Look... They have rallies. There is a whole party that their whole thing is like taxes.
3: Sure. Sure, I know.
2: So this is an important issue.
3: It's, it's a very, very important issue. I agree with you. Right. I don't think it will be changed at all by you not participating in holidays. We'll see... Okay.
2: We'll see when this podcast comes out.
3: I'm really upset. I spent a long time on my costume.
2: It's a green body sock.
3: And ears.
2: Why does not ears. have ears?
3: Frog ears. You cut
2: off your ears? Is Shut that up. what this is? What? No. He doesn't have ears. It's a headband. To, pr- to hold your ears back.
3: No. Look.
2: Yes, I'm looking. It's, it's on your head. It looks like it's holding your ears and this, back.
3: And this little skirt.
2: Kermit does not wear a skirt. <sighs> I had to look like a frog. Frogs don't wear skirts. I had to wear clothing. Frogs don't wear clothing. I know. You wear green body stocking to be Kermit the Frog. And ears. And this ridge thing around your neck.
3: Yes. He doesn't have
2: ears. They're just holding your ears back. Yeah,
3: but they they indicate that I have green on my head.
2: What are you talking about? Kermit the Frog. We're talking about the one from the Muppet show in Sesame Street.
3: No, the other Kermit.
2: Okay, well, does he have ears, that other one?
3: I met the one on Sesame Street.
2: Oh, well, he doesn't have ears.
3: Well, he has ears, just not like cat ears that I'm wearing. They have holes in their head. No. They must.
2: Why would he have holes in his head? To hear. No. First of all, you can hear just from a membrane. So he probably just has a membrane. Like a membrane, a closed off membrane. Okay. Second of all, I've seen the puppet. It doesn't have ears.
3: Look, you've seen Halloween costumes. Yes. A lot of them have headbands with ears on them. Yeah, like cats. Okay.
2: Or rabbits. Fine. Frogs don't have ears.
3: How else am I supposed to show that my head is a frog head?
2: Well, you could paint it green.
3: That's very difficult to do.
2: I don't believe you.
3: It's not very easy to be green.
2: It, you just buy green and it you takes it a face. long time. It doesn't. Not to mention, then it makes your eyes stand out. Kermit the Frog has eyes.
3: Well, I'm not going to take the time to bother with that now, because you didn't bother to dress up for me. I'm this, having so. a
2: protest. You're not protesting. You have no excuse.
3: No, I'm now not going to spend time on it, since you didn't bother to join me. Are you me.
2: counter-protesting? No. All right.
3: I'm just being neutral about Look, it. Look,
2: my point is taxes are important. Fine. See how upset you're getting over taxes? Pay me some money. No. You're not taxing me.
3: I'm taxing you for not wearing a costume.
2: You don't have the authority to do so.
3: I'm just asking you for money.
2: That's not taxes.
3: I, I just need toll for the bridge home.
2: Oh, fine.
3: So that's five fifty for not wearing a costume.
2: No, you five fifty for being your friend.
3: I'm taxing you for being my friend? That's a terrible tax.
2: I'm taxing you a negative tax. The for friend being my tax? Parent. Well, that's what it's, it really is, because you're asking for money. You're not taxing me money, you're asking for money. Look, the point is...
3: I can't believe they're doing a friend tax now.
2: Th- the Government isn't doing it. I want the government to tax more money for income. For friends? Income.
3: For having friends?
2: Having friends come over.
3: That's terrible.
2: Not for having friends come over.
3: I won't come over anymore.
2: No, I said, well, first of all, I would pay the tax.
3: Okay. I just won't have you over.
2: Right. You, I very rarely go visit you anyway. Yeah. It costs you money. Not
3: yet. It will. Okay. I'm getting
2: you used to it. How look, come you haven't come in like three years? Just get used to it. Just get used to it. Just get used to it. I'm helping you. The point is, look, I have to bring other people on. Okay. Um, for example, I have to bring on Mr. Rory Sinjin. Hello! How's it going, everyone? It's going fine. How's it going with you? Well, it was... Uh, I'm alright. Obviously, you are unsensible. I am not. We well, you want taxes to be higher. Yes. That's... 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 that's very stupid. It isn't, so shut up! You're a dick! Okay. Rory, what are you for Halloween? I, we don't celebrate Halloween in England.
3: That's rubbish! Rubbish! Good word. Thank you. It's still preposterous and rubbish. Are you also protesting uh, Halloween?
2: No, of course not. I... look, I don't dress up for Halloween because I'm an adult. I'm dean of students. I can't, you know, be seen to do that sort of thing.
3: Excuse me.
2: You'll understand when you're older. And what are you for Halloween? Kermit the Frog. What are the ears for? Shut
3: up. I'm taking them off.
2: Oh, now I can see it. Now I see it. Good. So, um, anyway, no, Jordan, uh, taxes are bad. That's actually the way it is. Why do you think I moved to America in the first place? Well, uh, I don't know. We have taxes here. Because we're awesome? Yes, but one of the reasons was because the taxes are lower than they are in the United Kingdom, which, uh, which of course, I am very happy to be a part of again, even though the taxes are too high. So I would prefer the taxes to be lower, actually. Well, I would prefer the taxes to be higher, so that's why I'm protesting. Very effectively. Yes. Look, you don't know. How many people listen to this podcast?
3: You tell me. It's your podcast.
2: I don't know. I've never checked. But it could be really high.
3: It's probably not. It,
2: who knows? Who knows? For all I know, the president listens to it.
3: And believes everything you say and listens to you and does everything you say. Whoa, whoa,
2: whoa, whoa, whoa. Why would he not believe everything I say? I don't lie on the podcast. So, yes, he believes everything I say because I'm not lying. But, no, like I said, it's that he's going to care. He knows that Halloween is important to me, and that I'm going without.
3: So you think one of his speeches in the near future will be, I listen to this little podcast.
2: No, 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 do your do your famous impression.
3: No, 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 that's, I mean.
2: Come on, we're on the, it's a radio, it's, it's funny because you're wearing a, a costume, but you should be wearing an audio costume by doing this impression.
3: Well, I'm not going to, the whole night.
2: No, just for the speech. All right,
3: all right, all right. I mean, look, I, this is really embarrassing for me to do, but I'll do it, okay. So you think that his next speech is going to be like, America, I listen to a little podcast. Called Keston Wax. And on it, there's a real American, Jordan D. White. And he says that taxes should be higher, and I care about this man. And he has been protesting every holiday, every holiday. He is not participating in Halloween. He didn't eat dinner at Thanksgiving. And he doesn't have a Christmas tree for Christmas. And I'm sad for this man. So I'm going to raise taxes. You think that's what his next speech is going to be?
2: Maybe not. I mean, well, look, that would mean he didn't give a speech between now and christmas because you just listed other holidays but sure there is a good possibility that one of them it's it's like okay um i mean i don't want to compare myself to gandhi because i don't really know what his beliefs were and i don't know he might believe things that i think are bad but um like gandhi gandhi had did a hunger strike i'm doing a holiday strike it's very similar and so the president is going to go look this means a lot this is what do do they call it Nonviolent peacefulness
3: that's probably the only kind of peacefulness there is
2: Right. Well, that's why I'm practicing it. The point is, my protest.
3: Your nonviolent protest.
2: Yes. And so, Rory, like many people in this country, I'm upset about taxes. Right. Yes, but it's a different situation, I think. No, it's not. I am just like them. I think that there's a problem, and that the government is part of the problem right now, and that we need to elect the right people to fix it.
3: Who are you interested in taxing?
2: Uh, Who am I not interested in taxing? Your cats. Right. Cats don't have money, so... What, am I going to take their food? Maybe. Well, all right. I guess we should bring out Scapey then.
3: I mean, by by taking people's money, effectively, you're taking their ability to buy food.
2: They shouldn't eat so much. Look, okay. I'm going to bring in Scapey. I'm going to bring in Scapey, because he might have something to say. Dad! Dad, you're going to take my food. No, I'm not going to, ta- I said I'm not going to tax cats. Look, cats are property. So if I was taxing cats, I would tax cats in the sense that I would pay more money because I have a cat. That's what taxing cats would be like.
4: Well, I
3: don't care if you pay more money.
2: Or See, escape's on board. He's fine.
3: Escape, he wants to take away your ability to eat as much food. No, he just said it doesn't. No, look, but ta- it's like trickle down. So people pay more money and then they can't buy as much food and then you can't eat as much food.
2: Well, I'm very pleased to, to hear that you also support trickle-down economics. That's wonderful. It's,
3: it's trickle-down effect.
2: Right, and that's why you give more money to the people at the top, and it helps the people at the bottom. That's that's exactly how it No, works. no,
3: no. I mean, on the very small microcosm of person and their cat, not in society. That's why I asked Jordan, because there are some people who want to tax the very, very rich only, or at least raise their taxes first. There are some people who want to focus on the middle class. I was curious what he was thinking. I, I am not in favor of giving more money to the people who have it already.
2: Well, I don't think that you're right, though. You just said there are people who focus on the middle class. Nobody wants to raise taxes on the middle class.
3: Well, they don't. That's not like a platform, but I think they would prefer to do that.
2: Who wants to raise taxes on the middle class? What are you talking about?
3: Republicans.
2: What? Republicans say they want to lower taxes for everyone. Yes, they do, actually.
3: All right, all right. Fair enough, fair enough.
2: I want to raise taxes uh, mm, for everyone. Hmm. I I mean, I do want to raise taxes most for the people who are rich. Do Do you know how much taxes used to be? They were like 70%. That's so good.
3: That's good? You want to give away that much not, of your paycheck?
2: No, not me. I don't make that much money. I mean, like, people at the top. All right. So you, people like me? Yes. People like you. Rory? What?
3: How much money do you have?
2: What do you mean? That's not a very nice question to ask, I must Look,
3: say. I, I just, I would not have thought of you as a rich person.
2: Wow. Well, that's odd.
3: No, why is that odd? You run an institute that can't be making much money at all.
2: Why would you say that? Of course it does. And I make lots of money on the side.
3: Doing what, extra history readings? Yes,
2: extra, extra history readings. So how much do you make? A lot. That's very rude to ask that. How much do you make?
3: I make $33,000 a year.
2: Why would you tell that to everyone on the air? That's very embarrassing. It's it's fine. It's Well, it's not. It's
3: totally fine. It's nothing. Because I want you to tell me how much
2: you make. One time, you know, one time, I went to a restaurant, and I was driving my car, and there was a valet, and I said, um, be extra careful with my car, and... He did, and when I got out of the uh, restaurant and he brought my car around, uh, he was ready very, very quickly, and I tipped him $33,000. That's not true. You're lying. That's not true. Right. Like, well, okay, no. That's an exaggeration, but my point is that's not a lot of money, so.
3: No, it's it, it's perfect to it's perfect for all of my life expenses right now, but listen, what do you have in the bank? A million, at least? I'm not
2: going to talk about this. Why? I because that's, I don't want people to feel jealous, more jealous than they already are. You know, but it's it's impolite to rub it in, you know.
3: Okay, two things. First of all, you're the one who offered up in the first place that you were rich during this conversation. You were like, oh, you you want to tax the rich. Like me, you mean. Second of all, no one is jealous of you. You run a stupid both
2: institute. No, that's not true. I run a prestigious institute. You run nonsense. Look, you don't you run from the law, in fact, is what you run. So there is not... I don't know why you're even saying that.
3: I'm, I'm actually not... Running from anybody.
2: Well, look, the point is, I the fact that I have lots of money, that I've earned lots of money, and that I continue to earn lots of money, means that I should get to keep more money than everyone else. Not that I should be taxed more than anyone else. Well, that's absurd. Well, it's not, so, you know. Look, if, if, if you pay 10% tax, you know, and I pay 10% tax, I'll pay more than you, so that's fine. No, that's not fine. That is unfair. Look, you don't, because 10%, okay, because I don't even know what taxes are right now. All I know is that they're too low, so... They're too low, but they should be higher, especially for you, Rory. In fact, they are higher for you, Rory. Maybe,
3: maybe, if he's actually making as much money as he says. Well, also
2: because he's, he lives in England, though. That's true. Which I love, you know, of course, except for the taxes.
1: Is there a reason that you brought me in? Because I just don't care about the taxes. Okay,
2: no, the reason I wanted to talk about this, I, I, I said I wanted to talk about something else, which I wanted to talk about was the whole money thing. I came up with an idea to replace all money. Um, Because I don't know if you know this, but you know money? I've heard of it. Right. It's nonsense. It's fake. It's bogus. Um, it's it's made up. It's it's not based on anything really. Maybe at one point it was based on something, but now it's just gibberish. It's just, this costs $3. Oh, okay. Why? I don't know. It just does. That's what I want. It's based on how much people are willing to pay, but that's nonsense. It's crazy. So what I thought of was, here's a way we can do it. We get rid of all money, and we replace it with a new form of currency that is based on complicated mathematical equations that are linked to a giant computer database system everywhere. And everyone who works in the entire world is hooked to the system, right? And every time you work, whatever you do, you have to log it. And you log hours and you log your, you know, like uh, people they do this at some businesses, right? You know, you have to say what you were working on and all that. Well, we do that in this really elaborate thing. And what it does is it calculates how much everything you do is worth against everything else. So basically, what happens is, right? Like, you go, let's say, let's say you change a tire, right? Oh, I'm changing a tire. Okay. So you go on and you say, I'm changing a tire. It takes me this long. And then the, the computer system takes that information, calculates among the entire world the average time it takes and effort it takes to, to change a tire. And everybody who changes a tire gets that much, the average effort equation payment. And now for comp- more complicated stuff like, Medical school, like, like a doctor, right? Well, a doctor, in addition to factoring in how much it takes, you know, and how it also factors in their education, but in a quantifiable way, because they were logging all of that time too, as, as preparing for their education. So they've got all of that built up and it, it kind of filters into everything that they do. And the same for like, so that then if you write a book, like everything, if you write a book, you log in how much time you've got spent writing that book. And then when the book gets sold, it's like, well, we want to pay him this much. So. And we think we're gonna sell this many based on this kind of research and this kind of thing. So that means each copy will cost this much money, and that's how much you're and you're paying the actual money that actually represents effort. What do you think?
3: Okay. Here's my problem with this theory.
2: Oh, you already have a problem with it. Yeah. Oh.
3: I have a few, but the biggest one is the problem that I have with every a machine runs everything theory that you have, which is someone has to program the machine. What that's so what? So everything that machine is calculating is based on one person's bias.
2: Who cares? So what you think, like, we're going to be living in a world where it's like, oh, changing a tire this much, taking out a spleen this much, computer programming, he gets a zillion. No, like, it's just going to be like, it's based on, like, effort and, uh, and, and, and uh, time it takes to do things.
3: No, but one person is deciding how much effort they think
2: no, no, no. I goes don't into mean like, changing a tire. No, I don't mean like that. It's more like it took you this long, and you had this much training. Like it's not that complicated.
3: Can it take into account other things like developmental disabilities, work conditions? No. <laughs> so that those are really important factors. No,
2: they're not. Look, why are they important? Everybody, if if you work in a if you're if the business that you're working in is crappy, less work will get done, and you'll make less money.
3: But you'll still change a tire.
2: You'll still change a tire, but it might take longer, and therefore, you will have less time to do other things.
3: I mean, that's a really simple way of looking at it but it's I mean it doesn't matter like the the point is there's the tire changing and there's one guy who gets it done real fast and there's one guy who takes a really long time to do it maybe they're putting in the same amount of effort maybe they don't have the same kinds of tools maybe they can't afford the same kinds of tools
2: right well then the guy who can do it faster will get more done and get more money
3: no but I thought it was based on effort
2: yeah but he has more time to do another tire
3: but you were saying it was based on effort which it sounded like we were basing on time I put yes, in so two don't... hours on
2: this exactly no that's my point so it takes one guy one hour. It takes another guy two hours. The guy who took it only did it in one hour can get two done in the time the other guy took to get one done.
3: But maybe two people don't need tires
2: changed. Maybe then he can change spark plugs. Then he can work on. He he has more things he can get done in the time because he has. He took less time.
3: So they're getting paid the same amount for the tire. Yeah. But he has more time to do something else. Right. So the other guy gets shafted because he has worse work conditions. Yeah. That doesn't seem very fair. Of
2: course it does. Why why is that not fair? So you're saying in a more perfect world, the guy who does takes longer to get the job done because his business is crappier should charge more? No. That sounds terrible. No, in
3: a perfect world, he'd have the tools he needs and his business wouldn't be so
2: crappy. Well, and so instead, the business that is crappy and gets the job done in less th- in more in gets the job done in more time and does has a worse job of it, gets less business.
3: Okay, what if what if the reason is because he's in a wheelchair?
2: Then he should apply for government aid. Oh good, there you go again, yes. Government aid, of course. Um, relying on the government to bail everyone out. Well, no, it's it's like a socialistic thing, but yeah, you know, they can I think somebody with a disability should be able to apply for something, absolutely.
3: So what about I mean there's like all kinds of human biases that still come into it. What about The guy who takes a really long time to change tires so that other people don't get paid as much.
2: Right, I fact, no, wait, wait, hang on, what? Actually, to be honest with you, the longer everyone takes to pay you 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 have accidentally backed into the problem in my thing, but I've already solved it, which is because you're coming at it from the wrong direction. If everyone takes a longer time, then everyone gets more money because if it's like the average time is an hour, if everyone takes two hours, then all of a sudden, oh, the average time is two hours, so it's a two-hour job, everybody gets paid more. But that's not going to work. Here's why. Because let's say everybody slowly is taking more and more time and they're all taking two hours. All of a sudden, somebody's going to go, hey, I can actually do this in one hour. If I do it in one hour and then do another one in another hour, I get paid twice for a two-hour job. And everybody will do that, and then it'll end up striking a balance. You see what I mean? Everybody will want to take advantage when it's high and do it at a faster pace. It'll end up striking a balance where it'll come in right around even. That's my belief. You look skeptical.
3: I I am skeptical. I'm not sure I can articulate it because that sounds sensible in a way, but it still gives me an icky feeling.
2: (laughs) Why does it give you an icky feeling? This is a great plan. Look... Look, it's right now. How how can you have an icky feeling from my sensible quantifying of people's effort?
3: Look, in some manner, I mean, it depends. There's a big geographical and cultural difference, but if you take like the U.S. as an example, in some way, we already set an average price, and that's how it it depends on how much people will pay for it, really. Which is, but no,
2: that's what I hate.
3: Which is what your problem is. Right. But your machine is just effectively mathematically putting that out. It be, it's not setting what it should cost to change a tire. It's That's setting it. what people are paying to get, a, on average, to no, get no, a no, tire no, change. No no no, 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 no.
2: It's not set. It's not. It's telling you how much you get for it. It's not saying how much did you charge? Okay, good. I'll figure that in. It goes. This is how much you get paid.
3: So it, what it's saying is what the average is is how much time it takes to do something. It takes an average of 2 hours to change a tire and I as a computer say you get $20 an hour for changing or $20 for changing a tire. Is that what you're saying?
2: Uh well there wouldn't be dollars. It's more like there's there's more complicated equations that would be going on there but that's kind of right except for that you're saying you're you're putting in a thing where you go you get $20 an hour for that. So that therefore you get $40. No, it would be more like you spent this this on average this much effort is being made and therefore you get like Five efforts.
3: Right, but don't, are you using money? How is this person getting? Yeah, there's getting, some sort
2: of credit, but it's based directly on that. It's not like, we, like you know what I mean? It's based directly on that.
3: But yet again, we come back to the problem that someone somehow has to prescribe amounts That's that certain things are worth. Right, right, you right. But, but, sur- not,
2: but no, no. And here's why. Because not in the sense that – it would be in a very absolute sense, kind of in the way that the metric system is based on something. Yes, at some point somebody had to go, that's a gram. That's what it is. It's that. And that's based on – based on why 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 is it that no reason don't worry about it let's just all agree that's a gram and from there we can calculate everything else
3: no but the, the difference between that is that what a gram is doesn't really directly affect people's lives negatively or positively you just go that's a unit of measurement and that's what I'm gonna deal with if you start saying well based on all these complicated things it only it costs about ten dollars to change a tire people may or may not be able to live on that like you start you start what you start doing is assigning costs to skills
2: right that's exactly it.
3: Which is what our society does anyway.
2: No, because because things can change. Because right right now, we can go. You can go. Oh, a tire. You need a tire change. Oh, do you have any tires? No. Oh well, it's going to cost fifty dollars. You can do anything you want, and as long as someone is willing to pay it, that's what it's worth. That's nonsense. I'm saying this is an absolute thing. This is how much it's worth. This is how much. This is how much effort was put into it, and all counts. And then again, from more complicated things, when you buy a car, there's a lot of people who have to be factored in, like. This guy did this much work, this guy did this much work, this guy did that much work. They all need to be paid for that. Uh, They've all already been paid for that. The company needs to make back the money that they've paid all these people because we told them how much these things need to be paid. And then again, it would factor in things like, well, we're planning to have a, a product run of this much based on our research, we think that this many people are gonna buy this many things of this car, uh, therefore, we're going to sell this many times with this car, so we're going to charge this much for it. And it's like, that's what that car is actually worth. It's not just like, well, how much will you pay for this car? It's like, Wait, no, this is how much it's worth.
3: That thought process that you just went through? Yeah. Is that a person or a machine?
2: It's a machine as programmed by a person.
3: Okay, so again, like this, it all comes but down no, to... No, there's r- no
2: bias. Why? How is there a bias involved?
3: Because a person had to program the machine to decide what things are worth. Uh-huh. So that one person makes those decisions.
2: No, they don't. There's no decision. It, it, they decide what the equation is. You mean, it's a person programming in an equation, and then someone enters in the numbers, X is five, Y is three, and the computer goes, all right, now that you've plugged in all the numbers, it costs $5, except it wouldn't be dollars.
3: Okay, but, so, so someone changes your tire. Right. You have to factor in product and service. Yes. How much is a tire cost? Right. And how much is my service worth? Right. Based on my level of education, my skill.
2: No, no, skill, I... What do you mean by skill? It would be more like your training and your time spent on the, the actual job. Skill is going to make you go faster.
3: Right. So that, I mean, in a, I guess that indirectly factors in. Indirectly. Time.
2: If you're better than average, you'll get, you'll be able to have more time than the average person.
3: This, this ends up sounding to me like the difference between one person making a decision and a society making a decision, like a collective decision.
2: And it, no, I don't see how it's one person making a decision. First of all, in order to be enacted, a society would have to agree on it. Obviously, Unless I put guns to every person's head in the world and go, everyone on Earth, I am going to shoot you all if you do not submit to my money change process. And then I'll, if you think that'll work, I'll do it. I don't think that'll work.
3: I was going somewhere, though. Okay. How do you decide how much the tire costs?
2: Exactly the same way, by going... How much did, how much did we pay the person working in the tire factory? How much did the rubber cost? How much, did, and how do we factor how much the rubber cost? How much did we pay the person who processed the rubber that we took from a tree in order to, da 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 da? All of these things are based on an absolute thing of human time and effort and things like that.
3: And how is profit calculated? We want to make X amount of profit.
2: What do we need profit for, really? <laughs> <laughs> you see, that's, no, that's why it all breaks down. Because he doesn't want there to be profit. No, I don't. Why would I? Profit is terrible. Look, any all profit has to go back into the business, of course.
3: Okay, but is there a profit or not?
2: Typically, no. I think that in order to, for there to be a profit, you'd have to you'd have to do things like you'd have to you'd have to rely on investors for profit. No, in fact, in order to expand businesses, I mean, there's no profit.
3: So you'd have to get money or credits or whatever from someone else in order to continue making your products.
2: Right. No, 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 no. Not to continue making it. You're making money back.
3: So you're, we're making cost. In this system,
2: and everybody's getting paid.
3: But that sounds like a profit. You're paying me for my time.
2: No, no, no. Wait. Okay, N- workers getting paid is not a profit. That's an expense.
3: No, wait. Okay. Right. I guess. Okay.
2: Definitely. One hundred percent.
3: You're. I mean, you're still making money to live on. Yeah. Okay.
2: But the business is not making them. Making right, profit. they're using that and, money. And even change. if we did, okay, we might be able to say, "All right," and you're allowed to go for this much profit, or or maybe you maybe you have to like say, "You know, we're planning to expand in this way, and therefore we need, we need this much money, so we have to add this much on."
3: That sounds like you could just say whatever.
2: Yeah. All right. Well, then let's uh, then forget that. I'm planning eliminate to expand. All right, oh, eliminate that. Then. By buying uh, myself a few cars. It's not true. Okay. So no, no, wait, no. no wait. Buy yourself through, That's not. That's not expanding. Expanding would be instead of just making tires, we're going to make tires and hoods.
3: Okay, but this is okay. So, how does a computer decide what is expansion for a business and what isn't?
2: That's obvious. What do you mean? What is how? No, do you,
3: I could program in and say our 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 business needs three cars for people to drive around and deliver things in. Okay. And I could keep those cars oh, for okay. myself.
2: Well, then in that case, you have to have investors.
3: You need human decisions behind some of these things. Oh
2: wait, fudge, Sunday. If you have investors, what are you going to use to pay them back? Oh, investors get back a fixed amount with a little bit extra. Because. Because otherwise they wouldn't invest. But it's like a fixed amount.
3: Because people want to profit.
2: No, but people, I don't, it's not profit when it goes to, well, okay. It is profit when it goes to people, but it's profit when it goes to a business. I'm saying the business has no entity. Basically, this gets rid of corporations. Business has no entity. If a human being, if they're like, we, our business wants to expand. We want to make hoods instead of tires or in addition to tires. Somebody has to come along and go, all right, I'll give you the money. I will invest this money for you and you will give me back. The fixed amount, whatever the fixed amount is. It's the, the investment plus a percentage, but it would be a fixed percentage. Not based on profit. Not based on, well, if it does really well, you'll get more. No. It's just, you're going to get this much.
3: But the but your, the point that we're bringing up with this is that no one will do anything unless they get some more back. That's
2: what I'm saying. They're going to get more back, It's a, but it's a percentage of what they gave, not a percentage of what the person's going to earn. Because the person's not going to earn anything.
3: But people, I mean, people make businesses to make
2: money. No. Well, not in this world. They make money for themselves. <laughs> By, that you're going to make you there's no reason to make your own corporation in this world because in this world you're going to get paid for your efforts
3: I still it's still like sketchy to me who's deciding how much effort i put in
2: Who, nobody's deciding we, it's it's I mean, universally is deciding. decided on I'm it's not deciding. It's universally decided on how much effort everyone is putting in there's like a unit of effort that has been decided on
3: I find that awful
2: why it's,
3: it's that's ugh.
2: brilliant it's brilliant everyone
3: no because everyone can puts agree. in a different amount of effort on different things
2: right and the ones they put in more effort in they'll get more money for it.
3: not if the average is lower what there are other people lowering the average of what an effort is
2: but when they lower the average that makes it get more money what do you mean
3: or or hiring it then I mean like if I'm the slow one no I'm just saying like there are other people if affecting you're slow then
2: you're not as good and you don't get as much you don't have as much time to spend on more making more money
3: I don't I like it. Why? I really don't like it. it. It bothers me. It bothers me that other people would determine how much effort I'm putting into something.
2: No, you determine how much effort you're putting into it.
3: No, what an effort is. Like An effort is
2: universally decided on. I don't like it. You just decide how many, how much effort you're going to put into that job.
3: I still don't like it.
2: Well, everyone else here likes it.
3: I don't know if that's the case. Actually. No, I
2: don't like it, obviously, no. Scape likes it.
3: Scape doesn't care.
2: I, I don't care. Well, but if you knew what I was talking about, you'd like it.
1: Well, does it help cats?
2: Yes. Yes. Okay, I like it. How? How? What?
3: How does it help cats? It just does. How?
2: Because cats, because then their owners are in a more fair world.
3: They don't care about that. They No, but
2: if I was in a more fair world, I'd be happier, and I'd totally give him more moist food.
3: Oh. You may not have that money to give him moist food.
2: I do, because I work hard. I put in effort, so I get moist food. I Escape.
3: Escape, it means that Jordan has to, your dad has to, like work himself to the bone just to get you more What? Food. It does
2: not.
1: Dad, you better work to the bone and get my moist food.
2: No, it doesn't mean that. It doesn't mean that. It means that I would do my job. What it means is I would do my job and I would probably get paid relative to everyone else more than I'm getting paid right now because I get paid not very much right now.
3: <laughs> but see, again, this is where it's like someone, someone or something that is not you or is not a society that is demanding a product has said, has has decided what a comic book is worth and what your effort in making a comic book is worth.
2: That sounds great.
3: But it might be much lower than other things like t- picking up my trash. Uh, like how, I doubt it. How do you decide?
2: What do you mean? How, I already told you. I explained every system of how you decide. I've explained it 100 million percent. There's some
3: complicated equation that is yes. deciding yes. if comic
2: books are more important than... No. Why are you, why are you judging between two things? It's not about, I mean, you would get a quantifiable number and it would say, you pay this much. But it's involving a lot of different things. And for something that's a product, like a comic book, it would be much more complicated than something like as simple as the effort of taking out the the garbage. Taking your garbage, because taking your garbage is like mostly going to involve, what are the expenses? There's a truck. There's gas. That's it. Someone has to learn how to drive. Someone has to learn how to drive. Don't don't laugh that off. All right. All right. I guess look because every because people are learning to drive for their own You have purposes. to insure the truck. Okay, fine. All of that stuff, but my point is when it all comes down it's just those expenses plus the the guy has to physically get the garbage and throw it in the truck, that's the cost. Whereas with a comic book, it's a product. It's You'd have to figure in, okay, there's a writer, there's an artist, there's an editor, there's a letterer, there's a colorist. Okay, there's all that part. That's in producing the content. Then there's producing the physical object. There's a plant. There's get cutting down trees. There's all these things that factor in. There's all this. People paid for pulp paper or whatever. People pay for this, people pay for that. Then there's distribution. Then there's a store, which all of these people have to get a cut of it. There's truck roots. No, no, no. There's- You're not getting it though. But it's just, but the service is just one service. A guy walks over, picks up the garbage, throws it in the thing. That's it. That's what's really happening. And there's all these things that go into it, but they're all just expenses that are factored into that one event. Kind of like again, like there's a lot of things that go into a foot massage, but you're really you're doing it because you're getting a foot massage. That's it. Whereas all these different things are going to the content of a comic book, and then there's a physical object of the comic book that it goes into that. Now I'm not saying that it's gonna be that's gonna make it worth more, but part of what's gonna be factoring into it is going to be them going, okay. We're going to make off the cost of the content across many copies of a physical object. So many physical copies. We think they're going to sell this many copies of the comic book, so therefore we can spread it over that many copies, and the cost only has to be this much.
3: Well, I don't know anything about how they decide the cost of a book now, but it sounds like it's probably similar.
2: Mm, Well, because here's the thing. What it would eliminate, and this is a little weird, it would eliminate the fact that most product industries, like comic books or like books, there are like, there are like price points and it would kind of get rid of those because it would kind of go, well, this comic, we only expect to sell this much and it, and it costs this much to make it, which is more and this comic, it only costs this much and we expect to sell this many. So like you'd come in and there'd be like, this comic you pay like two efforts for and this comic you pay 1.75 efforts and this point comic you point 1.63.
3: So don't you think people would start to get discouraged from creating things just for luxury? What? Well, like, why would you create a comic book that you're going to charge less for because you're going to sell less of them when you could be working on... No, you'd have to
2: charge more for things you're going to sell less of. The less you're going to sell, the more you have to charge. But then people won't buy them. Hopefully they will. But they might not. If they don't, then eventually you go out of business if you can't make your money Right, so
3: what I'm saying is people will... Don't you think this will stop people from doing things that they can't make money off of and... What?
2: No, people already do things that they can't make money off of. What are you talking about? I mean, r- realistically, you could probably say I don't want to get paid.
3: But there's some hope of making money off of them. Some people carry a hope of making money off of something. Some like an artist might paint for years and years and years, maybe just cuz they want to, but if they're doing it for life, it's because at some point they're hoping that they'll be able to sell their art to a gallery or to sell it somewhere. But if you're if you're determined by machine, if it's just going nope, That's it for that that painting. You're expecting to sell zero of them, you know, done
2: or whatever. No, no. It would be more like, it would be more like, with a painting, it would probably be a slightly different situation. You'd probably say, I'm painting this painting. I'm factoring in, here's, and the computer would go, all right, factor in how much time you spent, like, learning to paint, how much uh, this and that and the other thing. How much did you pay for the paints? How much did you pay for the canvas? And afterwards, it would go, all right, well, you can charge this much for that. And that's how much it would be chargeable. And you you could take less, I'm sure.
3: But then what if no one buys that?
2: Then you don't make any money. And then That's you don't make any money. It's the same as this world. But then What's you the difference? Don't, but
3: then you don't have any hope of selling that. You just completely lose hope of selling paintings.
2: What are you talking about? That's the same as this world. You, uh, a painter now goes, I painted a painting. And they go, I'll sell it for this much. And somebody goes, I, I'm not going to buy that. It's the exact same thing.
3: Can someone ch- choose to charge more or less than is prescribed you can't charge by the more, machine? No. But they can choose to sell it for less. Yes. They can discount things. Uh, yes. Doesn't that change the whole dynamic of it? Don't you start then changing what the average is that is assigned to effort no, for that well, because, thing? No, because
2: again, what it depends on the thing. What do you mean?
3: Like on average, people charge people charge twenty dollars for a tire change. But if a lot of people start discounting that to fifteen dollars, then doesn't the average change?
2: No, the average is still the average. No, because the because again, you're you know what ah, I see what the problem is. You're thinking of things as being worth what people will pay for them. And I'm saying they're worth an absolute worth. So they so there's no So the average is the average. So there's no discounting. No, you're charging less than it's worth. I mean, you're screwing yourself over by charging less. The thing is telling you this is the absolute worth of okay. this uh, this thing and you're going, "I wouldn't I don't want that." And that's your business. In the same way that Well, in the
3: in the way that people will come to you if you're the only one charging $15 and everyone else is charging 20. More people will come to you for that service.
2: Well, you wouldn't really be able to advertise that. Why not? (laughs) Well, the tire change, because it would tell you how much to charge as you finished. Like, you'd finish and you'd go, All right, let's see how much that costs. Oh, $5.
3: But I'm only going to charge you three.
2: You could do that on the spot. I guess you could put out an ad going, Whatever it says, I'm going to charge you less. Yes,
3: I charge 5% less. Then you're an idiot. But more people come to me. All right. They pay less.
2: All right. Then you're doing well.
3: Okay. So that's allowed.
2: Sure. Why not? Should it not be allowed?
3: No, I'm just, I'm trying to wrap my head around Are you saying this because
2: you don't think, here's why I want to allow that. I want to allow that because I want people to be able to say, because here's what I'm worried about. I'm worried about, I'm thinking about comic books again. And I'm thinking about, because you were talking about people, you know, why people still do stuff. Well, I'm thinking about what if somebody writes and draws a comic book and goes, I'm, you know, I'm not famous. I'm nobody. I'm nobody. Like, what if I wrote and drew a comic book and I'm like, I want to sell this comic book, and it goes, Whoo, you're gonna sell like five. You're gonna have to charge five million dollars a copy. Like, that's the only way you're gonna make back your effort." And I'm like, "That's ridiculous. Like, nobody's gonna buy it. There's no way anyone will buy it." So I have to go. I'll be, I'll do the work for free. I'll do the work for free, and then I, or I'll do the work for like a, per, like one percent of what it was worth, so that then one person can buy it at a price that is like reasonable
3: and then you can advertise it as a comic book that technically costs five million dollars <laughs> <laughs> this is a five million dollar
2: no, but book. that wouldn't but again you're thinking of things as worth being what people willing really pay for it and in this world everybody would know no five million dollars they'd go duh that's terrible no, what an awful comic book that is for five million dollars but
3: that's the absolute value that you were told Five million
2: dollars. It wouldn't. It wouldn't be five million. I would have to work on it for many years. A thousand. Many years. They wouldn't even be a thousand. How much? How much time? would I? Okay, maybe a thousand. Maybe let's say it's. I, I would have to be a much better artist than I am. But if you get the right person, but see that's the thing. If somebody's actually talented, if somebody's actually trained, it's gonna. They're gonna sell more than that. So somebody crappy like me, I didn't do that much training. I did a little bit of training with writing. So you might say, oh, his writing is all right. But even so, I would say it's never gonna be a thousand. But it's gonna be too much. Let's say, even if it was a hundred dollar comic, people are still gonna go, why is this a hundred dollar comic? That's ridiculous. Like, I'm not gonna pay, that's obviously not a very good comic if it costs a hundred dollars. That's what people will say. Whereas a comic book that comes out, and it's like, this is a 25-cent comic. You're gonna go, whoa, awesome! What is it? Why does everybody like it so much? All right, but not if you can. Except you're the also price. factoring,
3: you're also factoring in right a that you can discount, and b um, that that some level of education is also supposed to go into the pricing. So you'd want something that's kind of mid-priced, right? Because the low, the lower the price, the more you're anticipating selling, but the higher the price. The more educated that person is.
2: No, but I mean, uh, yes, to some extent. But again, what person? Like, most of these products that I'm talking about are not going to be from one person.
3: No, but I mean, in the world of like an artist. In, but again, what Or kind in of the of an world artist? where you drew a comic and just put it out.
2: Yeah, but I'm, what I'm saying is people are going to be used to a comic, most comic books being made by a zillion people. And if yes. one of them is super educated, it's going to be like, it's a, a quarter of a 0.00%. Right. It's not going to affect it. Um, I mean like i not maybe like a novel this guy's written for a long time he had lots of writing training. I mean that's the thing that's a little subjective and it would be a little hard to quantify that. But it's okay. <laughs> we would do it. I mean
3: <laughs> But I mean no it's true like what if what if you're an author and you sit down and you go all right I'm starting and part of your process is sitting there staring at your typewriter or I guess your computer now for 3 years. This is like three the years, longest 3, podcast three in hours
2: the world. <laughs> 3 hours 3 years then That might be factored into it. I don't know. What are you doing? Are you taking a phone call on the podcast? No. You're getting a phone call.
3: I'm turning it off.
2: Sure you are. This is too long. So you'll have
3: to cut some of it out.
2: I can't. My argument is too cohesive.
3: You know what else? (laughs) (laughs) Your wife just razzed you. I know. Shut up. You know what else? It was basically just you and me taking up the whole time.
2: I didn't care to participate. It's, It's annoying and stupid. I have heard Jordan's theories on... Money and finance and they're all royal and you're a jerk. I just had a really terrible thought. Oh, God. Now, listen. Is it about my business?
3: Only remote, only indirectly. Let's hear it. If you don't want this podcast to get significantly longer, you cannot bring this idea up to Frank.
2: I'm not bringing Frank on. Oh. I told him he had to stay home. Awesome. Because you're here. Thanks. You have a...
3: Finally. Wait, hold on. You do that when I'm finally, like, kind of okay with him being here?
2: Why would you be okay with him being here? Because he's
3: going to get in trouble because he's stupid and he's wrong.
2: I don't know about that. He is. Well, Stupid and wrong. I mean, I don't think that you killed him, but what do you mean?
3: You heard last podcast. You were there.
2: Where? Oh, well, I wasn't. First of all, I wasn't there. I remember, we were passing it around. But yeah, but I did you hear know it. the thing where he where he was ignoring that evidence.
3: Well, that and that he just might be entirely wrong. That Alan Thomas might not even be dead. I,
2: I, how is that possible? I mean, people can't fake their own deaths. Really. Oh yeah, that never happens. When was the last time someone faked their own death? There was a body.
3: <sighs> it's possible. Look. I'm just saying.
2: What is this like? I don't know. Look, I, 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 I'm not gonna say I believe he's not dead. That's crazy. Okay,
3: anyway, the point is, no, I'm glad he's not here. I, I will put that out. I'm glad he's not here, but I kind of wish you had done that for me earlier when I was on the podcast and like actively hating him.
2: You don't hate him anymore?
3: No, I, I hate him. It's just not so like, I have hope now that that this will resolve itself
2: in my favor. All right, all right. Look, well, look. Here's here's the thing. We had the podcast is taking too long, so we. You thought I was just gonna like leave him sitting in the next room as we went on for that long?
3: We got into an <laughs> argument. We argue about stuff a lot. And I brought Scape on. For a all right, long time.
2: No, no. I, I told him not to come over. All right. Anyway, cool. look. Let's get to the shows. Uh, let's do. Uh, we have a. Where are they now in history? Done by Dana Dezago. We have a show called The Diner, and we have a scapey story. I'm just going to play them all right now, because we've already taken way too much time. All right. See you soon. Hello, and welcome to this day in history. My name is Rory St. John. This is WHRW Binghamton. Did you know that on October 25th, 1944, during the Battle of Leyte Gulf, the Japanese deploy kamikaze, divine wind, suicide bombers against American warships for the first time. It will prove costly to both sides. Let's listen. Hey, Sakura, you look pretty hot in that fighter pilot helmet. Gotta say.
0: Ew, you disgusting pig! Get away from me!
5: Hey, look. I'm a very powerful and influential man. You don't want to
2: cross me.
0: And I'm holding this gun.
2: That's true. Hmm. And what will you do then, huh? You have no idea. Look, look. Why don't you give me the gun?
1: No, I think I'm gonna get into that plane over there.
5: Okay. Sure. That's a good idea. Yeah, that's it. Go on. Shake that thing.
3: Pig. Sakura, where are you going? In this plane. I don't care where. Wait. Why? What are you doing? That pig! No, I'm getting in this plane. Goodbye! Sakura, no!
2: It is a little-known fact that the Japanese did recruit kamikaze pilots by harassing all the women into wanting to kill themselves. Uh, This is a very, very naughty thing to do, as one should never harass. This is This Day in History on WHRW Binghamton. Welcome to this day in history on WHRW Binghamton, my name is Rory Sinjin. John. On November 1st, 1994, filmmaker George Lucas begins a sabbatical, stepping back from his day-to-day responsibilities overseeing his many filmmaking ventures. While on sabbatical, he will write his second Star Wars trilogy, which debuted with episode one, The Phantom Menace, in 1999.
5: Uh, Mr. Lucas! Mr. Lucas! Yes? I'm a big-time reporter from Big City Newspaper, and I have a question. Oh, another one? Okay, what is it, shoot? What's with the plastic bag on your head? Um, well, it's... I'm trying the new uh, Stormtrooper outfit for my new trilogy. Okay. Seems a little high, though. Like, sitting way up on your head like that? Seems a little weird. Oh, oh. Do you, you think I should pull it down here a little bit, like, around well, the eyes? Yeah, I guess that's a good start, if you really want to. I can go lower. I mean, really, I'll try anything. I mean, I don't, I don't even know what I'm gonna make these movies about anyways. I just wanna make them. Okay, that sounds good. Just pull them as low as you want. Okay. Though. Is this good?
2: Oh yeah, you totally sound evil now. It's that's like Darth Vader. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Unfortunately, uh, the lack of oxygen getting to George Lucas's brain did result in brain damage, which does explain the second Star Wars trilogy, teaching us that one should never put a plastic bag over our head. Uh, this is this day in history on WHRW Binghamton.
3: Don't crash that plane just yet. This is Dana DeZago with Where Are They Now in History on Cast and Wax. You may be wondering about the rest of that story, and I'm here to give it to you. Did you know that George Lucas, after taking a sabbatical and writing all three of the first Star Wars trilogies, decided to quit show business and become a kamikaze fighter? He was so incredibly brain damaged that he decided his best course of action was to get in a plane, stick a bag over his head, and fly around, but instead of shooting at people, he just yelled harassing comments at them like, hey, you stupid, ugly man man, and hey, you fat, slow woman. He became so wrapped up in his cause that he eventually just flew into a building full of people yelling horrendous insults at them, and how stupid and awful and ugly and slow and fat they were, and died a horrible, horrible death. But, what you may not realize about this is that his death was not caused by the impact from the plane, but in fact from suffocation right before the impact, which is really what caused the impact because he couldn't fly the plane anymore. So, just so you know, don't be a kamikaze fighter, don't make terrible movies, don't harass people, and please don't stick your head in a bag. This has been Dana DeZago with Where Are They Now in History on Cast and Wax. The Diner, created by
0: Angela Tymon, written by Angela Tymon, Pete Bowers, and Daniel Schwartz. In retrospect, it makes even less sense. You see... Before I was a fabulously wealthy radio narrator, beloved by millions of daily listeners, I was a nobody just like you. I wore pants, said please, and worked a countless number of mick jobs. But I will never forget working at the diner. Just the diner. Hard to find. Especially now, but we'll get into that later. It all started when I went in for my interview. Hey, you're Jen, right? Yes, I am. We spoke on the phone. Uh, here, let's talk in the back, right this way. It's upstairs? To start with. Uh, here, put this helmet on. Osha, you know how it is. Uh, thanks. No worries. So, you're interested in the job. Yeah, I Dunk really... done here. Was that an arrow? Totally. So, what kind of experience do you have? Well, I've never worked in food services, but I did really well in home ec.
5: Mrs. Murphy, it doesn't matter if I shake the measuring cup
0: or level it off with a knife. I won't dirty another utensil. What's the f***ing point? That sounds innocuous. Don't touch that.
5: Touch what? Sharding, bad bear.
0: No mauling the newbies. Down, sharding. Sorry, he's excitable. Doesn't meet a lot of new people, really. We do a lot of business during lunch and weekends. Uh, Would that be a problem for you? Oh, yeah. I'm in school, so weekends are wide open for me. And I don't have class every day. Well, glad to hear that. Uh, What other job experience do you have? I had a paper route for a few years. Did some seasonal work at the mall. I do a lot of volunteer work, too. Excellent. And here's the bridge troll. Password. Chardonnay. You may pass. Password? Chardonnay? Incorrect. What? It, it just worked for him. I'm just here for an interview. You may pass. Hmm. So, uh, where did you volunteer? The hospital on Wilson Street. Candy striping, clerical work, things like that. Where does this river go? Dishroom. Yes, oh. Okay. But yeah, just helping out wherever I was needed. Uh, so, a fair amount of FaceTime with people, then? Definitely. We're a pretty small staff. Everybody ends up doing a little bit of everything, so how would you say you are dealing with unexpected duties?
1: I've always... Ah!
0: Good reflexes. We got that question. Uh, one last thing. Starting pay is five and a quarter an hour. Watch that tripwire. And there's not much in terms of tips. Is that going to be all right with you? You keep the tips. I'll take the rest. Oh. My. My. God, you did not just reference Peaches and Crime. Yeah, I did. <laughs> isn't Bud Villains great? I know. I have an autographed copy. Shut your oar mouth. <laughs> <laughs> oh. 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 Well, anyway, here's the office. Yeah, it's a little uh, cramped here. Uh, just uh, make yourself a home. Oh, sorry. Is that? know oh. uh, it's... Uh, Is that your elbow? So, yeah. ah. uh, t- uh, okay, okay, here we go. Okay. Well, comfortable? I think so. Great. You're hired. I'd like to thank the Academy and my mom and St. Margaret of Antioch. Wow, thanks. You had me it was that narrow. (sighs) Okay, let's head back. That door was here this whole time. Locked from the outside. Keep in to call the guy about that. So, when can you start? As soon as
5: possible. So
0: right now, then? Uh, I guess. Love you. Right this way. This is the room where employees keep their coats and their purses, whatever. All uh, right, you sign in for your shift here, and there's also an access code to get in. Rachmaninoff. Very good. I'm going to like working with you. Well, let me introduce you to the others. Others, this is Jen.
5: Hey, I'm Carter. I'm the shift supervisor. Mike. Melissa. Nice to meet you all.
0: And now the time has come for you to continue your journey without me.
5: But Steve, aren't you coming with me? No,
0: Jen. This is something you must learn for yourself. Remember to always wind your watch. But why? I don't know, Jen. It's just something people say.
5: Goodbye, Jen. Goodbye. Why does he always do that? A real showman, that one. I'll be right back. Okay. Most important thing this is the tip jar. Second most important, stay away from that guy.
0: Why? What's wrong with him?
5: Nothing is mine! Okay. Hello. Hi. And how are you doing this fine afternoon? Fine. And what can I get for you today? The usual?
4: Yes.
5: (laughs) Okay. I'll bring it right over. Oh my god, he is so hot. He's like Prince Valiant or something. More like Prince Valium. (laughs) I will kill you! I don't see what the big deal is. I swear, I've seen him in a porn. So? That guy ain't shit. I, on the other hand, am packing. Have you seen my film? Oh my god, you're joking, right? Do I look like I'm joking? Come over later and I'll show you. Maybe we can make a little movie of our own. Jesus Christ, you guys, I'm right here! We're just playing, ain't we, baby? We'll make our own little movie and you can take it home and do whatever you like with it. You know what I like? Huh. There, oh. Ooh. Ooh! Like, uh, Damn! Scatter them again. <laughs> That's hot. <laughs> you know what I like? When I'm and shit and my truck is all and, and shit and I start to when Mr. with a plunger. <laughs> My in my well with a mirror so I can on my own face. Oh my god! That's disgusting. Did you just punch him in the throat? How dare you, Michael? That's sick. You're sick. That's it. I quit. She totally just punched you in the throat. The next time you see my face in here, it'll be with a lawyer to sue your ass for sexual harassment.
0: You totally got punched in the throat. Wow. <clears> throat> that was hot. Whoa,
5: hey, ow, uh, whoa, what the hell just happened here?
0: Tip jar, Pri- Prince Valium points our throat punch! Throat punch!
5: Mike? I don't know, Carter. Melissa just punched me and stormed out of here, screeching like a banshee and threatened to sue me for sexual harassment. Carter! She punched me in the throat! Woo! What did you do to her? Do? Nothing! All I said was, uh-huh... Oh, yeah, that's hot. You know what I like? When I'm shitting and fucking and my shit is all fucking and and I start to shit when I with a shit and my and my with my wall while shitting with a mirror so I can shit on my own fucking face. That's all I said. Wow, what a prude. I know!
0: With my. while f***ing with a mirror so I can on my own face. That's
2: rich. And
0: to this day, I laugh at snuff films.
2: Scooby Stories from a cat and a dog. Hello and welcome to Scapey Stories from A Cat in the Dark. My name is Jordan D. White. It's been a while since we've done this, but we're back for Halloween with a scary story from Mr. Scape White. Isn't that right?
1: Yes, that is right. I return to scare the pants off of everybody who's wearing pants. That is my mission.
2: Okay, that's a good mission. Um, in return, we have decided to scare you. Uh-huh. Well. I do so. Well, just a little because it's Halloween, so we brought in a spooky guest to listen to your story. We have decided to bring in, you mentioned last time that you killed a mouse. Right, because I'm a girl. Oh, okay. And we have summoned the, uh, the ghost of this mouse. Welcome.
1: Hello! I am the ghost of the headless mouse. The headless mouse ghost. Um, dad. Why did you get a headless mouse ghost to get on the show? Because it's
2: Halloween. It's spooky. It's a spooky ghost.
1: I killed that mouse. That is a mouse I killed. Myself. Yes, about that. Should I have my head back now? It's probably in my poop box if you want it. But I am not gonna touch it. I buried it. Why would you do that? It was my poop. I pooped it. No, it was my head. Uh aka I want my head back. Uh, it's kind of embarrassing not having a head. I feel so exposed. Well,
2: it's time for escape to tell a scary story. So hopefully without a head you can still listen. I and mean, you can talk, so I, I can assume you can listen. I
1: will haunt you for time! Me? Everyone! Well,
2: just, that's fun. You you only have to haunt for a little while because we have a story to tell you.
1: Ooh, I can do that a lot.
2: Okay, well don't. Because we're going to do a story now. So, alright, Skate, do you want to tell your story? Yes! I do.
1: Okay, this is one that I saw uh, on television because my dad and mom would watch it. At Halloween time, okay? So, it is scary. Watch it with your eyeballs inside your head? How nice! You are talking fun. You obviously can do head like things. Only because I'm a ghost. Then that's, you can see with the ghost eyes. Point is, here comes the story. The Rocky Horror Picture Store by Richard O'Brien. Okay, so, like, once upon a time, uh, there was a place. That is called, uh, Denton, okay? <laughs> and, uh, there was a dude, and he's like, uh, my name's Brad, and, uh, this is my girlfriend, her name is Janet, and, uh, hey, guess what, Janet, guess what? And she's like, oh, what? And he's, he's like, well, I'll tell you, uh, I was thinking that, do you want to get married? And she was like, yeah, for sure. And, she, and he was like, okay, good, that's why that's I asked, okay, good. So, uh, tell you what, let's get in the car and drive in the dark to see a old dude okay she's like yeah uh wait why are we doing that and he's like uh because just We're can we just uh, that's how it goes okay so they get in the car and they're like driving and uh they're driving and then this dude is like hey i'm telling the story you telling the story maybe no i'm telling the story now but there's a dude who's like telling the story i don't get it he's like Okay, I'm telling a story about Brad and Janet. Is I am saying that because I'm telling a story about Brad and Janet, but this, I'm telling about the part where the guy is like, hey, this is a story about Brad and Janet. So, so like, the two of you are, are fighting over who gets to tell the story of Brad and Janet? No, I get to tell the story because I'm here, and I'm telling it right now. This dude is not here, but he is telling the story in the story. The story starts by being like... Actually, I've skipped a part, but there's a part at the beginning that's like, hey, uh, do you see these rips? They're big. Okay. But then there's the part with Brad and Janet. That's not, the rips never come back, so I'm not gonna tell that part. Then there's Brad and Janet, and they're like, do you wanna get married? Okay, get in the car. And then there's a dude who's like, by the way, did you know I'm telling the story? out. Okay. Then they're driving around. <laughs> Boom! Tire breaks. Okay. Uh, Brad's like, damn it! The Tire breaks. I hate it. Now what? And Jenna's like, "Hey, I remember there was a spooky castle. Do you want to go to there?" And, he, and he's like, "Yeah, because that makes sense." So okay, so he does. You could just curl up in some outside nest for a while and sleep in a ball. What? No, no, that's gross. No, no, you just find someplace warm and you dig, 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 dig into the ground and you sleep. No, it's raining. I didn't mention it, but. It's raining. Okay, so? Raining sucks. Raining is wet. What's wrong with wet? Wet! Sucks. You're a mouse, you don't know anything. I'm telling you. What sucks? So they'll get out of the car and they're like, oh, it's wet. This sucks. Red as sucks. Anyway, they're like, run to the castle, run. Hey, do you see that is a right over at the Frankenstein place? A light. Not a No, a light. In the in the fireplace. But they can't see the fireplace, but they're assuming that it's a fire. So anyway, they run. They're- the castle's on fire? No! They assume there's a fire in the fireplace because they see a light. They don't know. Really, it's probably not a fire, but they just want to not be wet. So they run and they get there and they're a ding dong on the doorbell and a dude opens the door and he's like, what do you want? And they're like, I don't know, I want to make a phone call or something. And they're, he's like, okay, come inside. But if you come inside, we're going to do a dance. Okay. So you got to do the dance with us. Here's how you do it. You jump, uh, like you jump in one direction. Okay. Hey, look, that's it. That's the dance. You just got to do a jump. Just jump. Well, there's more, but I don't remember. The point is you jump. And they're like, hey, um, we don't, we don't really want to do a dance. We just wanted to use the f- phone. so, is that okay? And there, and all the people there, there's a, because I will tell you, they're having a party with, like, zillion people. And they're all doing the jump. Jump, jump, and, uh... Is there a cat chasing them? I don't, that's why I jumped the last time I ever jumped in my life. No, there's no cat chase. there's no cat there. This is, like, Azarian people, and they're all jumping. If there was a mouse there, it would get squashed by the jumping. Oh, that sounds horrible. For mice, look, this is how it goes. So they're jumping, and the peep, and Brian Janet are like, We don't jump. That's not our style. So then, uh, this other dude shows up, and he's like, Hey, uh, you don't want to jump, but I'm dressed like a girl. What do you think of that? Do you think it is cool? And Brian and Janet are like, Uh, we think it is weird. You are weird. Weirdo. So he's like, oh, well, poop on your head. I'm leaving. So he leaves. That's that's a guy whose name is Frank. Okay, he's like the king of the castle. Okay, and he's like sitting on a throne, and he's dressed like a girl. So he's like, ma, 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 dressed like a girl. But he leaves because they're like, ma. So then the the people are like, hey, you're you're still covered in the wet water from outside from the rain. And they're like, yeah. And they're like, hey, why don't you take off all your crows? (laughs) And so they do. And then they go upstairs, and there's Frank, and he's still dressed like a girl. And he's like, hey, I made a a creature out of a dude. And then a dude plays the saxophone. And then the other dude is like, I can lift stuff. So there. Wait, there's a lot of dudes happening here. Um, So there's a guy who lifts a saxophone. And heavy things, and what? No, there's a first dude. Okay, Frank is like... Hey, so here's what I did. I made a dude. And that's the first dude. But not the dude who opened the door. That's a different dude. That's an ugly dude. This is a good looking dude, okay? And the good looking dude is like rift stuff, but he doesn't ever talk. So he just was like rift stuff, rift stuff, rift stuff. Uh but he sings a little bit. He's like, hey, rift stuff, rift stuff, you know. And then the other dude with the saxophone comes and he's like, toot toot on the saxophone. That's a different dude. And then Frank is like, I read like the saxophone, I'll kill you. Let me kill you. Oh, that poor dude. Did he, did he, did he kick off his head? No, he just kills him. Sometimes he doesn't kill head chopping off kill. Well, now that dude is gonna hurt him forever and ever. <laughs> no, he doesn't. What happens is, he dies. Then, Frank is like, hey, so remember that guy I made? Like, like it was a monster, do you remember that? Do you remember that? I so, sort of. He made a dude. He was. I said it was a good-looking dude. And he was lifting stuff. I re- I remember the lifting dude. Yeah. Well, he's like, now I will go do it with this dude. Do what? You know, like it. It what? He's gonna do it. He's gonna have sex with him. He's gonna do humper. Oh, he's gonna make baby mice. No, there's no mice in this story, and um, doesn't there's no babies. He's just gonna. He's just gonna like, like you know, like. Have this, have sex with him. But the point of the sex is to make the baby mice. That is not. in in this case. There's no mice in the story. So, and they're both dudes. Frank is a dude, and other dude is a dude. Two dudes can't make baby mice. Correct! Okay, now you got it. So, then, Brad and Janet are like, so I guess are we going to bed now? And the answer was yes. So they go to bed, but they go to separate beds. And what happens is, when when Janet goes to bed, uh, Frank is like, I have a sneaky pram. Do you know what it is? I will tell you. I will pretend that I'm Brad, and then do it with Janet too <laughs> and then she'll make the baby mice no because there's no mice but she, he's like I would do this it's a brick castle there are lots and lots of mice. No, there's none. I checked. The point is... Where did you check? Ten. What? I checked ten times. Point is, I will tell you about mice. There is none. Okay, now I will tell you the real story. Janet and Frank are doing it. At first, she's like, hey, I think you're Brad, so I will do it, even though I never did it with Brad one time, but I will still do it. Oh, wait, you're Frank. I will still do it. That is how I feel about it. Okay. I mean, that's how it goes. That is how it goes. And then, afterwards, Frank is like, hey, now that I did it with, uh, the, the dude I made, and then I did it with Janet, maybe, hmm, I would do it with Brad, you think? I should, yes. No, but that doesn't make sense, because that still doesn't make any really. Bad. No, he's like, I will pretend to be Janet, and I will do it to Brad. And then he did. And Brad is like, are you Janet? And he's like, yeah. Right. so he's like doing it to assert his dominance? I mean, I guess that makes sense. You know, to show that he's alpha. No, he's like, I'm Janet. I'm a girl. Ma-ma-ma-ma. And then Brad is like, for reals? And he's like, no, (laughs) not reals. I'm Frank, do you still want to do it? And Brad is like, yeah, I do. Okay, and then they do it. So, then there's, that's how many doing-its there were. Like, three so far. Meanwhile, uh, remember the dude? Which dude? The dude? Okay. Too many dudes! Not the ugly dude. Not the dude who's dead, the dude who was rifting things. The one who was made a monster. Okay, that dude, is. Yes. He's rake, still doesn't talk, but he runs away. Because the ugly dude chases him. Oh, I do oh, I, I relate, I relate so much to that. I ran away too. Yeah, but I'm not an ugly dude, I'm a good-looking cat, and I killed you rightly so. No, you're an ugly dude. You're an ugly, ugly cat. No, look, I said to you. You think you're supposed to be in here, and you were like, yes, but the answer is no. Of course I was supposed to be in there. I was sleeping, and there was so much stuff on the floor, and I just curled up in it, and I slept in some of it, and it was warm, and then you woke me up. I have one question for you. What? Who is alive? A lot of people that aren't me. Who's dead? A lot of people, including me. Okay, that proves that the live people are right. And the dead people are wrong. That doesn't prove anything! It does! No! Yes! Ah. That is why... Ah. That is why Frank killed the saxophone guy to be like, You're wrong. I have proof. Because you're dead. Ah. Do you want me to kill you again? You can Well, I'm gonna hunt you forever. Ah. I have to finish my story. So, then what happened was, uh, Janet was like walking around going, Hey, maybe I shouldn't have done it with Frank, do you think? Maybe that was the wrong thing to do. But then she was like, wait a minute, what do I hear? I think I hear Brad doing it with Frank. What? Okay, now I'm angry, so... That's not good. So then, she came across the dude. The lifting stuff dude. The one who was made. Monster. And she's like, oh, I feel sad about things. So you know what? Maybe we should do it, you think? And he still doesn't talk, so he's just like, nodding. Yes, I think that we should do it. That's what the nodding means. And they did it, as well. There's a lot of baby mouse making without any baby mice in this story. There's never... Okay, can I tell you what happened to all the baby mice? Not. I think I should. No, I don't think so. A lot of these times when they did it, there was baby mice afterwards, and I ate them all, so... Why would you do that? Because I'm ugly. No, I'm a good cat. That is what cats are meant to do. No. So then, uh, the ugly dude with the wrong hair, but with bald head at the same time, okay? He's the guy who opened the door. That's what I'm talking about. This guy is like, hey, Frank, uh, did you know that the, <laughs> the dude ran away? The lifting stuff dude ran away? Did you know about that? And Frank is like, uh, you're a douche. Because I told you to make sure he didn't run away. And he's like, oh, I forgot. Burp, sorry. And so Frank is like, I am pissed off. Did you know? Me. And then, uh, do you remember, like, at the beginning of the movie, okay, that there was Brad and Janet, and they were like, do you want to get married? And they said yes, and then they were like, we're going to go see an old guy. Do you remember old guy? A little bit. That was a long time ago. Well, that was, right. yeah, but they were like, we're going to go see an old guy, and then they got in the car, and they drove, and then they broke their car, and then they got out and got to the castle, and they met Frank, and Frank is like, I made a dude, and I killed another dude. And I do it with you, and I do it with you, and then I do it with him, and then you do it with him. Do you remember all of that? This is exhausting. Then, the old guy shows up, and he's in a wheelchair, and he's like, I'm old, what are you going to do about it? Probably it. No, nobody else did it, because what happened was, the old guy shows up, and he's like, Hey, where is the saxophone dude? He's my nephew. And they're like phone dude is your nephew? Yeah. He's like, oh. Well, I did, I don't know where he went, so... Br- 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 sorry. <laughs> I didn't kill him, if that's what you mean. Then Janet's like, Hi, I'm here. I just did it with this lifting stuff, dude. And Brad's like, what? Why would you do that? And she's like, because you were doing it with... I don't have to tell you, but because you were doing it with that guy, That's why. And he's like, well... Wow. And then they're like, time for dinner! What? Okay, time for dinner, I guess. So so then they're going to have dinner, even though they're, they're in the middle of the night. And they go to the dinner room, and they all sit down. And Frank is like, everybody, it's time to sing happy birthday to lifting stuff, dude. And they start to sing, and he's like, psych, I don't care. So, do you want to eat the food? And they're like, yes. And he's like, hey, old guy, you said saxophone dude is your nephew. Talk about it. And he's like, it's true. He was naughty one time. The end. And then Frank's like, guess what? Hey, Mouse, do you know want to know this part of the story? Because this part is relevant to you. Oh, okay. So remember how Frank killed the saxophone dude? Yeah, that wasn't very nice. And you were like, did he take his head off? And I was like, no. Which was decent, but it still wasn't good to kill him. But here's what happened. So they killed him. And then they're eating dinner, and he's like, guess what dinner is? Uh, I'll tell you. It's the saxophone dude. Remember him? Yeah. They ate him. Oh God! Why do people do that? Can't you just eat nuts and berries if God and uh oh, this is. Oh. And everybody else was like, that is, uh, that is gross. Ew. Frank was like, I don't care. Do nom, 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 nom. you know what? I bet they were at least able to swallow their bite. Hot. No, you can't swallow a person whole. Don't be silly. They were able to swallow their body, and you couldn't. No, they didn't swallow the body. They only ate a little piece. You suck. You suck. They ate a little piece. They didn't eat the whole body. They cooked part of him, and the rest of him was under the table. Which, I don't know why you put food under the table, but it was. You didn't even have the decency to eat all of me. I was saving it. You just couldn't choke it down. I couldn't, because you're fat. You realize that's not an insult to our mouth, right? I don't care. You're fat, and I ate your head. So, there. You suck. No, point is... I want my head back. You don't get it. Give it back. No, it's... It's made out of poop. I'm gonna haunt you forever. <laughs> Goose mouth. I'm not telling my story yet. Goose mouth. Okay. So Frank is like, you ain't the dude. The saxophone dude. And everybody's like, oh, that's gross. I'm gonna puke Bleah. And um Rocky is like, hey, maybe do you wanna have sex again, Janet? Even though he doesn't talk. He doesn't actually say it. He's just like, nudge, nudge, you know? Hung hung, hung hung. And uh she's like, maybe. And Frank is like, what are you talking about? You guys are jerks. And he takes them all upstairs and he's like, I'm gonna turn you into a statue. Pachu, pachu, pachu. You guys are all statues. What are you gonna do about it? Stand there? Yeah? And then he's like, So, so statues. Uh, do you wanna put on a show? Okay, I will put costumes on you. And I'll tell you what, I will turn you back into people, but only if you sing and dance for me. Okay, go! And they all sing and dance. And he's like, That's pretty good. You guys are pretty good. I think, you guys, I've got a shot in this business. So, I tell you what, let's all swim in the pool. And they swim in the pool. And then they're like, no, let's do some more stuff. And then old, uh, no, then ugly guy with hair and a bald head comes in and goes, uh, you're not going to do any more dancing or swimming in the pool because we are leaving. And he's like... Oh, okay. Let's go. And he's like, "Oh, I I I'm sorry. I misspoke. When I said we're leaving, I meant I'm going to kill you first, then I'm leaving." Why is everyone in this movie so mean? Why is there so much killing? Because First of all, not everybody's mean. Do you remember before they were doing it? That's not mean. No, but the killings mean. The part where I ate the mice, you mean? Yes! Too bad. point is, look. He's like, I am ugly guy. I am going to kill you, Frank. And Frank is like, Well, I would prefer you don't. And he's like, kill, and he's dead. No, this is like my mouse brethren coming back and killing you for killing me. That's never going to happen. It might happen. No, I could kill mice. Not if there were enough of them. If there were enough of them, I would eat them all and I'd be full. They'd be swarming all over you, biting you all the way. This is stupid. Look, in fact, here's what happens. This uh, uh, ugly dude kills Frank, and then lifting stuff dude is like, thinking. Because he doesn't talk He thinks I don't think you should have killed him I'm coming to get you And then uh, Ugly dude is like No I could kill you too I just killed that guy Why do you think I can't kill you? Kill! And he kills him So that's what happened to the mice That tried to kill me I'd be like I already proved you like could kill a mouse. Duh. Not that many
5: at once. So, th- okay, whatever.
1: So then, Brad and Janet are like, what do we do now? Start picking on a swarm your own side. Why would they do that? No, they're, they're ugly guys like, just go, just leave. And they're like, okay. And they leave. Uh, and then the dude who tells the story is like, that's the end of the story. The end. There is a stupid ending! I want my head back! You don't get a head! That's not how you get ahead in life! So there! I'm going <laughs> right to freaking hurt you for the rest of time! No, you're not, no! Ghost <laughs> Mouse! So, Mouse, this is the part where I tell the scary moral of that story. The moral is that you're a dick! No, there's no moral that says that you're a dick. The moral is. Don't kill and eat mice! Or people! No, that's not the scary moral. The scary moral, if anything, the scary moral is like. It's good that Scape ate all those baby mice, because otherwise, there would have been too many mice. Ah! But that's not the scary model. That's just the fact of the story. Ah! Ah! The scary moral is, uh, make it's sure you scary. don't break your tire on your car, because if they have your... Their car wasn't broken. They wouldn't have to go there. They would have just gone to see their old guy friend and been like, we're getting married. And he'd be like, congratulations. I'm in a wheelchair, but what do you think? No, actually, that's pretty sensible. And wheelchair guys should keep his world in good shape, too. Right. So that is what the story is about. Uh, now let me ask you, Dad. Uh, why do you watch this movie every year?
2: Uh, because we don't, because to remind us about our tires, I think is the real reason. And there's a lot of people who, need to know this and they learn this about tires every year. Okay,
1: right, that's good. I don't have a car so I don't think I ever
2: need to watch it again. That's true. <laughs> You're probably right. That's good. Alright, well, um, thank you for being here, ghost. I
1: will haunt you for all eternity!
2: I don't appreciate that.
1: I don't care! I didn't
2: kill you, you know.
1: Well, yeah, but now that I was killed here I can't, I can't go anywhere. You can.
2: You can go. Um, you, I, I I, release you. You
1: didn't kill me! I,
2: But I release you.
1: That doesn't I release you. I hate you. I hate you. I'm gonna stay and haunt you anyway. Ha! I'm gonna eat your ghost. You so can. Come here, I'll show you. No, uh, no, go away. Uh, come inside. Uh, I'm dead. Nice. Even uh, stupid. You have uh, bad breath. Uh, come get inside my mouth. No. Uh, I'm not going. You look stupid. I'm- so, okay, turn into the next scary, scary story where I will be, like, telling you a scary story. about Halloween.
2: Hey, everybody. Okay, we're back. Um, I, in, during the, the break, I convinced everyone that my idea was perfect, so they're all in support of it now. Um, Good news. So we're starting it next week.
3: Uh, Jordan told us we couldn't talk about it anymore because it went too long.
2: Well, because it's we, get, we have a lot of stuff to talk about, so we can't. So thank you for obeying me. But, right, everybody agrees with me. So... Um, Here is the first letter. We got We got a whole bunch of letters. 10 million tons of letters. Uh, first one. Lynn, why don't you read it?
3: Hey, Jordan. The Round Robin episode was lots of fun. It was a little strange hearing that Alan Thomas is still alive. I guess you forgot to edit that part out for Frank. I want to respect Frank's wishes with his part of the podcast, but it's getting really difficult. I've spent most of the past week in and out of the police station being questioned about Alan. I've been asked not to reveal anything about the investigation, so I'll only say that their methods of interrogation owe a debt of gratitude to the passage of the USA Patriot Act. I don't want to betray Lynn by implicating her in a crime, and I don't want to betray Frank by revealing parts of the investigation he wants kept quiet, but I think I am reaching my breaking point. Anyway, I have no reason to believe my communications are being monitored, so please be assured I am in excellent hands during the course of the standard investigation and I am perfectly safe. In the meantime, please help yourself to these radio serials. Charles.
2: Why did you say that funny?
3: He, he capitalized, please help.
2: He really wants me to play these radio serials. I think so. Okay. Well, I will. Uh, I didn't play him on this episode. These are, uh, these are all for next time. Um, uh, but I will. I haven't listened to him yet. So I look forward to him. Anyway, um, Lynn, uh, so you killed Alan Thomas? Is that what's being said here? No, I, I, look, I didn't think that it was true, but, this letter seems to indicate you did.
3: No, he's just saying that... What he's he, saying he
2: was with, with withholding something from the police. That's what it sounds like to me.
3: He might be doing that. Whatever he's withholding, I think he might have misinterpreted it. Whatever it is. I didn't kill anybody.
2: Well, i That's what I thought was true.
3: You don't even know when he's not telling the police.
2: If it's something that is like, you didn't do it, why wouldn't he just tell them?
3: No, it's obviously not, she didn't do it.
2: Okay, well, In so fact, you did do it.
3: You wouldn't even say that to the police because they'd go, show me proof. And you. So go, he
2: doesn't have proof that you didn't do it.
3: He may not have proof that I did it either.
2: Then why is he withholding something I you? don't know. Why don't it you sounds ask him? Like it's, he's making it sound like you told him not to tell them. Charles, why don't you write me a private email and... Whoa, whoa, whoa. Hang on. Whoa. Why don't you write me a private email? Weren't you just saying Frank was bad for withholding okay, stuff? Okay, fine.
3: Write casting and Wax an email. Just say what it is you have to say.
2: I meant the police, but okay. Write
3: someone an email. Make it public. I don't care. I didn't kill anybody. Go ahead.
2: Uh, also... Although he does say he's holding something back for Frank, too.
3: No, he's saying, yeah, he's saying because Frank asked him to keep stuff quiet. It could entirely be because it's stuff that will prove Frank wrong.
2: No, no, right, no, right. But he, well, no, but that makes sense because you can't make the investigation public. But he specifically said, I don't want to betray Lynn by implicating her in a crime. So he, he can clearly implicate you in a crime.
3: No, he might think he can.
2: Well, how would he, what is he, get? I have blood on her. Yeah,
3: maybe somebody planted something somewhere.
2: Whoa, now there's a conspiracy.
3: I'm just saying I didn't kill anybody, so I don't know what he's withholding.
2: I hope you didn't kill anyone. I didn't. I hope that you are right.
3: I'm, I'm really, once again, <laughs> thrilled by your vote of confidence.
2: I was confident. But Charles is a friend of mine. He wouldn't lie. So let's find out
3: what he has to say. All right.
2: Thank you for the radio serials, Charles. And apparently you have her permission to reveal whatever horrible damning evidence you have on her. If you have damning evidence, if you have evidence that implicates her in not doing it, what if he has, you know what, what if it's one of those situations where he has like, I know that she didn't kill him because I was buying drugs and and hookers from her at the time. Well,
3: that's not true.
2: Well, I'm just saying, maybe that's what it is.
3: It's not. I'm confident that whatever he reveal will not be damaging to me. I didn't do anything that could damage me.
2: All right. Um, we have another letter here on the same subject. It's from a friend of the show, Lynn Nelson. So, uh, Rory, can you read this? Um, are you sure? Yeah, why, yeah. All right. Um, thank you. Uh, dear Jordan, first of all, hi. You complained that I never write in, so here's an email from me. I am really enjoying the new serials from our good friends, and I particularly enjoyed the last episode, mostly because of Scapy's description of killing and beheading a mouse, which had me in tears from laughing so hard, but also because of the email you got from Chris, a former classmate of mine. I write with mixed feelings. On one hand, I am excited, thrilled, and vindicated to hear that Alan may in fact be alive, because... It would more than prove my innocence. Not only did I not kill him, but he's not even dead. On the other hand, I am frustrated, tired, and angry from the ordeal that I've been put through due not only to Frank's cruelty and the incompetence and ignorance of the police, but now quite possibly due to my own friend's actions. Despite the Wait, hold on, hold on, hold on. What, uh, what are you talking about? Who's, wh- whose friend? What friend is, are you talking about?
3: Alan.
2: Oh, Alan Thomas. Yeah. Oh, okay. I'm about to, he, to explain he- that. Oh, okay. I, I didn't understand. Because
3: he would have picked his own and me
2: All right, continue, Roy. Despite the competition that can grow in a small department, my fellow French majors and I were always, on some level, united by our passion for an underappreciated study, and I now feel somewhat betrayed by an old friend. In any event, I am trying to focus on the positives of this development, namely that I may hopefully be able to prove Frank wrong and maybe even put him through some quid pro quo hell. I hope I wasn't the only one to hear Frank adamantly urging Chris to break the law by keeping his findings from the police. In the interest of furthering this investigation in a meaningful way, I've retained the services of Slam Jackson to investigate Alan Thomas and see if he is, in fact, alive and who might have invented the story of his death. I have the utmost faith in him based on the stories I've heard on the podcast, and I hope to soon be the bearer of great news. Lynn. Excellent. Um, Lynn, do you have any comment on that?
3: I think that basically explained it. I've hired a PI.
2: All right. So I I allowed you to comment on it. Um, it's only fair then that I also allow Frank to comment on it. Um, he's not here, as you know, but I had him pre-record a response. So, uh, if you don't mind, I'll play it. What? Why are you looking at me
4: shocked? That's
2: ridiculous. Uh, It's, he... I, it's accusing him of a crime, so alright, let me uh, let me, let me play his response
4: Hello, podcast, hello, Lynn wherever you are, uh, at Jordan's house I uh, would like to respond to this email that you sent, first of all, I did not break the law I was assisting the law um, I was helping the law, because I don't know if you know this, but lots of times cranks like to write in and say they know things about a case when they don't it interferes with justice, I was pursuing justice and helping the cause of justice, because justice would be when the murderer pays for the crime of murder, not when someone reveals that someone didn't get murdered. That's not justice. That's the absence of justice. So, I was helping, as I said, I was helping the police. In addition, I think the police will find it quite interesting that uh, you accused them of incompetence and ignorance. In fact, when I talked to them about it, they did not seem particularly pleased. So, uh, just wanted you to know why... They might be stepping up their investigation on. You. All right, uh, thank you for uh, for that. And uh, as Jordan probably already asked you to respond, I'm sure uh, you won't have any time to respond to this. Thank you, and good night.
2: Right, so let's move on to the next letter, I guess. Right?
3: Yeah, no, I I wouldn't we, have we anything. We have a lot of
2: letters to it's, get through. That's
3: good. Frank is perfectly good at opening his own mouth and inserting his own foot in his, are, his own what mouth. What are you
2: talking about? So he I didn't insert a no, foot. I
3: don't. I don't need to say anything. He didn't say
2: anything. I bad. think, whatever. He just was defending himself.
3: Good. He's perfectly allowed.
2: All right. What else do we have to read? All right, um, so Lynn, uh, here's another one for you to read. This one's for Rory.
3: From Her Majesty Elizabeth II. Dear Mr. Rory St. John, I can't help but feel I owe you an apology for the tone in the letter written to you on my behalf by Sir Reginald Kemp of the Ministry of Esoteric Sciences. I had, in fact, expressed to him that as a government-subsidized agency, the Queen's Institute of Extra-Historical Studies should and would be subject to the same rules and regulations as any other agency. I also mentioned my confusion at your statement on the podcast, in which you said that the the clients are your foremost consideration. However, I did not dissolve Parliament for twelve hours out of grief. I simply had to use the royal lavatory and was having difficulties that I would rather not get into as I am a lady. My insistence that you follow protocols as a state-funded institution stands. However, your explanation for your statements about the client coming first are perfectly understandable, and I apologize for my skepticism. Sir Reginald had no business calling you a charlatan or threatening to dispatch you with secret service men. He and I shall engage in a thorough discussion about when death threats are and are not appropriate. The excessive zeal expressed in his letter may be in part due to his having high financial stakes in the Queen's Agency for Transdimensional Research, and he may see your institute as competition. While the fields are clearly related, I do not see either of your functions as infringing on the others. And it was childish of Sir Reginald to react as he did. I want to thank you for throwing such a beautiful ball in my honor and for reuniting me with your father, Mr. Thomas Alva Edison. He is as young and charming as I remember from my own youth when we shared a special rendezvous on the Tame. We shared something wonderful that night. I still have strong feelings for Thomas, and he certainly appeared to reciprocate the sentiment when we spoke at your gala. My dearest Prince Philip has long suffered from a heart condition which makes it difficult for him to keep up with me. And while I certainly have no intention of causing your dear mother any undue grief, I must follow my heart and pursue my feelings for Thomas to their conclusion. I feel it important for you to be aware of my intentions and hope you understand. With warmest regards, Her Majesty Elizabeth II, by the grace of God, of Great Britain and Ireland, defender of the faith, Duchess of Edinburgh, sovereign of the Royal Family Order of King Edward VII and Honorary Green Lantern. Ah!
2: Well, I am glad that you enjoyed the ball. Oh, you're right, the ball. Like, you, uh, Thank you for that. That was really nice. So thank you for inviting us. Um, Lynn, we went to a ball at the, uh, the Queen's Institute. Without me? Yeah, well, you weren't invited.
3: Thanks, Frank Laurie. was going to
2: be there. He, Frank, he invited Frank.
3: Look, I, I obviously proved that we can manage to be in the same room together.
2: How did you prove that? You haven't been in the same room together.
3: Yeah, the last time I was on the podcast.
2: When you served him a restraining order.
3: So you're inviting him to places over me.
2: We invited you to this podcast, and he's a regular on this podcast.
3: I, so you, I got a podcast, and he got a ball? He,
2: a royal ball with the Queen of England? I had to invite him to the ball, because he was there when I came up with the idea. No, he wasn't there. But he was. it was part of the podcast where he is on the podcast.
3: Okay. Rory? Yes. Can we make a deal?
2: Well, perhaps.
3: The next fancy party that you can invite people to? Yes. Invite me.
2: But what about Frank?
3: He got the ball!
2: He lives at my home! He doesn't have to know. How am I going to have a ball with him not knowing if he lives in my home with me?
3: It doesn't have to be a ball. And you had it in your home?
2: No, I didn't have it in my home, no. But I was making preparations for my home for a long time. It was very complicated. Why didn't you have it in your home? Because I needed to have it somewhere even more elegant than my home. That doesn't mean my home isn't elegant. Mm Mm-hmm. It is.
3: That's fine. I won't get into why you know how much milk you have in the fridge if your home is giant and elegant and you probably employ lots of servants.
2: I don't know what you're talking about.
3: You and Frank fight over how much milk you get. Because
2: he drinks too much of the milk. He doesn't pay for the milk. I pay for the milk. Why do you pay for the milk? Because I am the one with money. What is it? Rich people don't pay for milk? Of course they do.
3: Why do you even know what level of milk is in the fridge? Are you making yourself a snack?
2: Because I... Yes.
3: How humble of you.
2: uh, Right. This is because I'm rich. Doesn't mean I have to flaunt it.
3: <laughs> oh, that's why I'm not going to tell
2: you how much I make.
3: All right, right, okay.
2: Anyway, look, um, what we uh, this letter? Yes. Well, thank you, Your Majesty, and I'm glad you enjoyed the ball. And you know, Reginald is. I'm glad he's he's getting the dressing down he deserves. So I'm less thrilled to hear about your feelings for Thomas, but I suppose we shall see what happens with that. All right. Here's another letter. We have a lot of letters, so we got to keep going. Um. Oh, I'm going to read fast. Dear Jordan and co-hosts, I am... Ka- how, do you, how do you pronounce this name?
3: It looks like Cadron.
2: Cadron? Cadron. Cadron Fribbles, uh, a member of the warrior cast of the Macaroni Penguin Clan. I am descended from a long line of noble and mighty warriors, and the Fribbles name is both feared and respected among penguins and other species across the globe. Not so much amongst humans. Fribbles, I think... Um, this is Jordan talking. Fribbles are from... Friendly, so they're like a milkshake.
3: That's what I thought. Yeah, no, they're not. I don't really respect them. I don't fear them. I enjoy them. They're good. Yeah.
2: Um. On your last podcast, I'm sorry, Mister Fribbles, Mister Miss. I don't even know what sex you are. I'm sorry, unsexed Fribbles. Kadron. Yes. On your last podcast, a guest host denied my house and race their proper glory, and I am outraged by this offense. I hope you will correct it so that I do not have to pursue a physical challenge to defend my honor. My grandfather led the penguins to victory in many a battle in the War of. 1,812 robots slaughtered by penguins. It was a long, bloody war and our clan suffered many deaths, but in the end, the penguins were victorious and have remained dominant and unchallenged. I hope that you will correct this misconception among your listeners and your species, as it seems the humans believe robots superior to penguins. This is simply not so. Um, I'm sorry, Kadron. I don't know what you're talking about. Uh... Does anybody know what Kadron is talking about? No! I have no idea.
3: No. Not a clue.
2: Okay, um... Penguins killed robots, I guess. Dad! What? Penguins are birds. I know. What? What is your point? He's talking about the time when the penguins fought the birds. What? I mean,
1: penguins fought robots. Okay, look. Robots and penguins. And, ugh, this person is saying the penguins win against robots. What is that?
2: You're saying that you don't think that would be true? No, because I could kill a bird. And you can't kill a robot? Well... I could. So then how does that prove anything? It just does. Look, I could care both, but if I had to care one or the other, I would care a bird. I still don't see how that proves anything.
3: It just does. Okay. I mean, I love penguins. I think they're really cute. I like robots too, though, because they're pretty awesome. So I don't know. I don't
2: know. Well, let's. who said it? Did you say it, Rory? No, obviously I didn't. Did Frank say it? I don't remember him talking about penguins.
3: He said guest host.
2: Who's a guest host?
3: Who was a guest host last... Podcast. Nobody. It
2: was just the four of us.
3: Did someone do a special show? Oh, like
2: one of the shows? Let's see. Slam Jackson was on. I don't
3: think he said anything about penguins.
2: You don't think Slam bad mouse penguins? I don't think he so. He doesn't slam them? But um, <laughs> Okay. Um, was it the robots in the robot zombie hunters right again?
3: I mean, that makes sense to me, but I don't remember anything about that.
2: I don't think so. What else played? Dan. Dan Schwartz?
3: Dan Schwartz. With his pseudo-history?
2: So you think he was talking about this I in pseudo history? Oh, was is that something that he? Ma- well, hold on. If it was pseudo history, then how come? How come this person? So he doesn't even know how to do it properly. He's saying pseudo history, and he made something up, and he made up something that was real. Apparently, he did.
3: Good thing you gave him that scholarship so he can learn. Well, I, I
2: haven't heard back. He hasn't accepted. Oh well, all right. Um, speaking of which, though, actually, now that you mention it, um, we have another uh, letter for you, Lynn.
3: Dear Dean Sinjin. I'm writing in hopes that you may reconsider my appeal for a scholarship to the Queen's Institute for Extra-Historical Studies. You may remember a couple of appointments we had last year, as well as several letters of recommendation on my behalf. I was accepted to the Institute for the spring 2010 semester, but was unable to attend due to financial constraints. I am myself a British immigrant living in New York City. I am still a great fan- oh, Wait,
2: wait, hold on. So you're supposed to be doing an accent. What? British accent. He says he's British.
3: You didn't make me do an accent for the Queen.
2: Queen didn't say she was British.
3: She's obviously British. Well,
2: if she made a point, I would have looked. Just do. do it the
3: I am myself a British immigrant living in New York City. I am still a great fan, and in my you know, heart. I find
2: that offensive. Actually, could you not do well, it? Well, but I just told her because it says it's British. Yes, but I don't. I don't. I don't appreciate it. So don't do it.
3: Make up your minds. I already did. Hold on, Scape, Do you want me to do an accent or not? Um, what is the accent? It's the difference between this. I myself am a British immigrant. That's not an accent. Or I could say, I myself am a British immigrant. They're the same thing. No, it's like talking like you were talking like Boo. Don't talk like Boo, okay. Boo sucks. Okay, decision made. I myself am a British immigrant living in New York City. I am still a great fan and, in my heart, loyal subject of the Queen. Though since moving with my job, my new life and love have become New York. I have a proven passion for, and I believe some skill in, extra-historical studies, as evidenced by my portfolio of exploratory work, a copy of which I left with you at our last appointment. I will be happy to provide you with a new copy should you need it. I do understand the nature of a new institute struggling toward progress, and so did not contest your denial of my scholarship. But as I heard on the last podcast that you are extending a full scholarship to Daniel Schwartz, someone who has a demonstrated lack of skill, enthusiasm, and respect for the art and science of extra-history, Surely you could find it in your budget now to grant a scholarship to an accepted student. I am eager and excited to begin practicing my chosen profession and apprentice with your immensely talented faculty. Thank you for your consideration. I look forward to hearing from you. Sincerely, William Bill Haley.
2: Is that a, isn't he a, a rock star from a long time ago?
3: And the Comets?
2: Yes, he's No, he's a, I'm
3: sure it's not him.
2: He would be a little old, wouldn't he? Don't, wouldn't you remember meeting him? I didn't remember meeting Bill Haley in the Comets, no. I didn't remember meeting this guy either, I, mean, I must say. No, I did re- I'm, sorry, I'm sorry, Bill, I don't remember you. Um, it's possible uh, that you did do all those things you said, but, you know, we get a lot of students, so I can't recall. Um, anyway, uh, you know, we only can give so many... There must have been a reason that we didn't give you a scholarship. Like, you probably were, you know, bad at something or something, you know.
3: Well, he said he was good.
2: Well, everyone says they're good, of course, you know.
3: But you accepted him.
2: But uh, we didn't give him a scholarship. Look, we only give so many scholarships, and we gave one to Dan, yes. He hasn't accepted it yet. I'll tell you what, if he doesn't accept... I'll consider it. But I'll have to look at our notes and see why we didn't give you one in the first place.
3: Wait, but you said Dan was bad at extra history.
2: So he needs to learn.
3: But then, but he's bad at something, he's bad at some part of it, but you're giving him money. And this guy's saying, I'm good at all of it, or even if he's not. I mean, even if he's not. Well, if You give people who are bad at it scholarships. If he's
2: already good at it, then what does he need a scholarship for?
3: He doesn't have money!
2: Then he should make money the same way I do by doing it.
3: But he's not a professional. He doesn't have credentials.
2: Look... I will offer it to Daniel. I already made the offer. I can't take back a scholarship, you know. If Daniel doesn't accept his scholarship, I'll see. Besides, look, what Daniel did was he evidenced his work in extra history. You write in saying, Unle- unless you didn't actually apply, and this entire email is a work of extra history, and you're making up a world where you applied and got accepted, in which case, bravo, you know, I, maybe I'll give you a, a, a scholarship.
3: He said he left you a portfolio of his work.
2: Yes, I know, but you have to show it in all times. When I when I'm just applying for regular things, I, I throw in a bit of extra history because that's how one practices.
3: So maybe that's what he did. If you
2: don't remember him, I don't. But listen, well, I it's it's not a very creative one. But like I said, if if, I, if you if that's the truth, let me know. Perhaps I'll give you the scholarship now. That seems fair. All right. So you know, we'll hear how things turn out. We ha- we have one more letter. Um, gee whiz, we're taking so long. Um, who's gonna read it?
3: I read the last one.
2: Fine, I'll read it. Dear Host of Cast and Wax, I have a problem that I'm hoping you can help with. I think my house is haunted. It's been going on for about a week. I know that Halloween is prime ghost time, so it's quite possible it'll just go away when the season has passed, but it's pretty annoying and pretty scary. It's doing all the typical things, banging on the walls, opening and closing doors, moving things from where I left them, making spooky noises at night. It hasn't done anything to make me think it's malicious, but I can't be sure. There's all kinds of reasons ghosts can come around. So, here's the thing. I've seen enough movies and read enough books to know that there are lots of options when it comes to ghosts. I can try to communicate with it, look for patterns or signs it's leaving, try to get an exorcism, put up religious paraphernalia in the house, call some ghost hunters, or maybe even just wait and see if it'll go away. But I don't know which of these is the right way to go, and I figure that the best way to narrow it down my options is to ask a group of people who tend to disagree with each other for a variety of opinions. You say, you guys are the perfect group, Rory for his extra history readings, Frank for his investigative mind, Scapy for his expertise in scary stories, and Jordan for his extensive knowledge of horror fiction and ability to use reason. I would really love each of you to give your take on the situation and give me some advice, either on the options I presented or something new I haven't thought of. Thanks for your help, Katie. That was an awesome letter. That was a great letter. I love it. I don't even care what we say to her. It was a great letter. Well, why do you... Why? Why? Well, because uh, she totally dissed all of you guys, and that is awesome. What are you talking about? She said she wanted all of our help. She said extra historical readings. She said Scape with the scary stories. Yeah, because I'm good at scary stories. Right. But what she said was Roy for his extra historical readings, Frank for his investigative mind, whatever, scapey for his expertise in scary stories, and Jordan... For his extensive knowledge of horror fiction, okay, because I watch a lot of horror movies, and his ability to use reason, obviously implying that none of you guys are skilled at using reasoning. Only I am the reasonable person on the podcast. Each of you is flawed and stupid. Lynn, do you not agree that that's clearly what they are? No, yeah, I
3: think that's what that's she was saying. That's what she was
2: saying. So, uh, thank you, Katie. And uh, that means, Scape, what do you think she should do? Well, I I just eat the ghost. That's what I did. That's reasonable. Uh, not... Because you don't use reason, uh, so, Rory. What do you think? Well, I mean, listen. I, I don't know there, because I, what I would say is, you know, as an expert in extra, extra historical readings, that I would say that there is a world where right, totally unhelpful, totally unhelpful and unreasonable. You're talking about another world, so I don't see why anyone would want to listen to that. There's another world where there's another world where you get rid of the ghosts and you're fine. Oh. I did it too, but it's not reasonable. Well, That's not, yeah. I mean, that's there is a world like that, yeah. And Frank, uh, on his pre-recorded message, says,
4: "Thank you for asking me, Katie. Uh, that's actually a really good question. Now, if you'd like, I can send a crew over, and we can investigate this ghost."
2: Totally unhelpful. Totally unhelpful. He's he's he he goes on for like five minutes pitching you a series, basically where he hunts the ghost in your house. Um, it's stupid unreasonable because he has no reason. Lynn, do you want to pitch in? She doesn't mention you, but I can assume she doesn't trust your reason either. Hey. What? I'm just, because I particularly got the compliment of use reason. Yeah,
3: out of the four co-hosts. Yeah. Of which I'm usually not one. I'm not even on that list.
2: Right. Go on. Well, then then she doesn't want to know what you think. So, okay. She doesn't mention you. She
3: doesn't. Get an exorcism, Katie. Oh, don't
2: get it. That's ridiculous. There's no such thing as exorcism. You want to know the truth? Uh, Now, as the person who's reasonable, I'll say uh, there's no such thing as ghost. You're wrong She said it's moving stuff. No, it's not. I mean, that's what she says. stuff is getting
3: moved. She's wrong. She just forgot where she put everything down. Oh, you know what
2: you should do? You have two options. Okay, this is the way I see it. You've got two options. Either someone is breaking into your house and messing with you. So in which case, call the cops, maybe set up some cameras, see who's breaking in. Or um, you might be mental. Uh, So you might want to go see a therapist. Uh, Say, I believe that there are ghosts in my house. And they'll go, oh uh you're crazy and they'll give you some drugs maybe or they'll give you some therapy and find out what your parents did to you or whatever point is uh there's no such thing as ghosts that's ridiculous obviously so uh that's reason right sound good no exorcism is that a new
3: segment you have that's That's reason reason.
2: it should be why not because no one wants to hear that so okay so that's but no look rory i'm the one who's reasonable you're not so that's fine for you to say that you have your own section so i'm reasonable I have the ability to use reason. Unlike everyone else present, pretty impressive.
3: Okay, Frank.
2: No, no, I'm Jordan. Frank is not here. Yeah,
3: you're letting this go to your head like Frank would.
2: Frank does not have the ability to use reason, so he wouldn't be able to do that. And that was all of our letters. That was all of our letters! There was so many letters. Oh my god, this is like the longest podcast ever for no reason.
3: No, for the reason that you had to talk about your theory for like an hour.
2: Okay, but as we've established, I convinced everyone... That my theory was good, and we're going to apply it. See how long it takes. I'm hoping for a week. Week to write the program. I, I mean, we'll we'll see. All right. So, in celebration of Halloween, we didn't do very much Halloween content, did we?
3: No. Well, I mean, there was a scapy story and. Right, right, right. I think that's about it. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Happy Halloween, yesterday. Happy Halloween. Yesterday.
3: Yesterday. Can we, can we do a little shout-out really quick to our friends in Binghamton who did Ugh. Rocky all weekend? They did Rocky all weekend. All right. And we usually are there with them. Go ahead. Happy Halloween, Vessel Violators. You rock. We miss you.
2: Yes, that was a shout-out for them. Um, and this is not a shout-out for them, but it's close. Uh, I told you about last week about ukuleles for covers. Nobody wrote in about that. Jerks, but I did another one anyway. Um Like I said, write into us. Oh, write into us in general, castinwax at gmail.com. Castinwax at gmail.com. Just one word, castinwax, castinwax at gmail.com. And you can talk to us about all these things that we've talked about today. You can talk to us about my awesome idea. You can talk to us about the letters we've got today, anything like that. And you can write to us about ukuleles for covers. And if you request a recording artist, I will try to learn one of their songs and record it for ukuleles for covers. Don't request a song, just request an artist. I'll pick the song. Nobody's done it. You'd be the first. You would be the first. But here's a song, especially for Halloween and, alright, I'll give it to the Best of Violators. Here you go. Be seeing you. It was great when it all began I was a regular Frankie fan But it was over when he had the plan To start working on a muscle man Now the only Gives me hope is my love of a certain dope. Rose tints my world, keeps me safe from my travel and pain. I am just seven hours old, truly beautiful to behold. And somebody should be told my libido hasn't been controlled. Now, the only thing I've come Trust is an orgasmic Rush of lust Rose tints my world Keeps me safe From my trouble and pain It's beyond me Help me, mommy I'll be good You'll see Take this dream away hey, 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 What's this? Let's see I feel sexy, what's come over me, Woo, here it comes again, I feel released, bad times deceased, my confidence has increased, reality is here, yeah, the game has been disbanded. My mind has been expanded. It's a gas that Frank has landed. His lust is so sincere. Happened to Fay Ray that delicate satin draped frame as it clung to her thigh. How I started to cry because I wanted to be dressed just the same give yourself over to absolute pleasure swim the warm waters of sins of the flesh erotic nightmares beyond any measure and sensual daydreams to treasure forever can't you just see yeah oh